Welcome to the Hypnosis NGH podcast. This podcast series offers a fun and serious look at hypnosis and offers various ideas, discuss case studies, along with NGH educational opportunities. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Hypnosis NGH podcast. I'm Eric Damon from the National Guild of Hypnotists. I'd like to welcome a special guest today, a board-certified hypnotist, certified professional hypnosis instructor, speaker and founder of Lorenz Hypnosis, and a member of the National Guild of Hypnotists. Would you all please welcome our special guest today, Kimberly Lorenz. Hi, thank you. Glad to be here. So I'd like to uh, pick your brain. Now, first of all, congratulations, because you've been chosen to be a presenter at this year's NGH convention in Marlboro, Massachusetts. So we're very excited that you're going to be doing that. Um, but uh, for our listeners, I want to pick your brain a little bit and find out all kinds of stuff about you. I'm sure all good stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, for example, I mean, we're, and all the folks that I've talked to in this podcast, we always want to find out how you became a hypnotist and what attracted you to wanting to do this this profession. Absolutely. That's called the origin story, right? For every superhero. <laughs> so exactly. there you go. My origin story is that um, I struggled with chronic pain and chronic illness for 20 years. and um, a life event came along and made everything worse. And I was kind of couch bound, anxiety, panic, panic attack, ridden, pain ridden person, um, at 40. And I thought, well, I don't want to die. And I feel like I'm going to die. I feel like I'm going to die really soon. Um, and I'd already tried all of the things that you need blood tests for. I'd done all the doctors and flown all over the country and talked to doctors and never had a diagnosis. And so then I tried all the woo-woo metaphysical things, which are wonderful things too. Um, They did make me feel better, but my problems always came back. And I was, you know, trying to live a life. I had three kids. I was a homeschool mom and I was just sick and tired of being sick and tired. So I um, kept seeing ads for hypnosis. And my first reaction to that was, that's crazy. Those people, that's just so fake. That's just, I don't even get that hypnosis thing. But I tried everything else and nothing else got made me better. And I kept seeing hypnosis, hypnosis. It was like a message from the universe. So I thought, well, <laughs> maybe I should try that. After about six months, I started doing some research. And uh, meanwhile, of course, all my problems continued. And uh, I thought, you know, I think I should give this a try, but I don't trust anybody, Uh, not even another hypnotist. So I just better become a hypnotist and fix myself because, you know, so that's what I did. I did a lot of research um, and then I went and got my training um, in July of 2019. So it's almost been four years exactly. And I immediately had changes in my life. I started um, having immediate changes in my anxiety and panic um, problems. And um, very quickly, my chronic pain started getting better and going away. Um, And then I noticed every couple weeks, month or so, 
my stamina, my endurance, my personal ability to cope with stress and my resiliency got stronger and stronger and stronger. Um, and, and here I am now, um, you know, working hard full time, um, speaking, traveling, getting on airplanes that used to make me want to run off of them and <laughs> doing all the amazing things that I always dreamed of before actually, um, but never thought I could do. And it was all because of hypnosis. And so I am a passionate, um, 100% in uh, with hypnosis. I love it. I'm kind of in love with it. So don't get me started talking about it because I'll just keep talking. <laughs> about it. And um, so that's how I came to be. Wow. That's, that's incredible in the sense that you, you actually found it in this, for yourself. It, so you, you didn't think you could trust or you didn't really know anyone in hypnosis. and Right. Right. I, I called around my local area because I didn't know that you could do online sessions back then. And I talked to one really nice person who I'm friends with now. And um, what he had to say was wonderful. But what I was actually finding in my research um, is that I wanted to work with somebody that I knew that I wanted to learn from somebody that I knew really had an amazing track record. And so I, I ended up staying with Cal Banyan um, in Dallas and yep. um, learned um, a lot of his amazing techniques with five path, which I just love. And the self-hypnosis was um, critical. It was the cornerstone for my healing. And it's, it's really the cornerstone for my clients as well. Um, I believe that using self-hypnosis is just as powerful um, as working with a hypnotist. If you know how to do it right, it can be just as fast. And so that's what I believe has made the biggest changes in me. Yes, I did go to a hypnotist after I became a hypnotist to get my own work done because I thought that wouldn't be, um, it wouldn't be um, authentic to treating my clients if I hadn't actually sat where they sat. So yes, I did get, I did work with a hypnotist on some, on some, on some issues, but the continuing use of self-hypnosis is what has created the biggest changes in me. So I still use it practically every day. Of course, I'm not a hundred percent. Nobody is, but I use it all the time. And it's, um, it's a cornerstone of what I do with my clients as well. Well, let me ask you this. Do you think that going through everything you went through and to find your way to hypnosis, to help yourself, that you are actually uh, able to help your clients even more so because you definitely know where they're coming from? Absolutely. Um, it, I can stand at, on my two feet and say, if you do what I tell you, you will get the results that I, I got. Right. So I know what it takes to get here. And, and also it creates a lot of sympathy and empathy for what they're going through. I have a very big heart for people who, who are suffering like I used to suffer. And, um, it's what I, it, I mean, I love hypnosis, but the reason I love it is because it's so powerful and it's just with the culture that we have it, you know, uh, it either has a terrible reputation or people think what I used to think, which is just, it, it was crazy woo woo, not nonsense. And it needs to be everywhere. <laughs> uh, that's what I love about the NGH too, that our, our standards and practices really do promote the profession as a profession and make it ethical and moral and a stand up 
um, we can stand up um, with all of our with all peers in a professional setting and say what we do is legitimate and and powerful. And, and definitely help people every single day. You know, yep. you know, I think that's one of the, the things that people like yourself are definitely emphasizing in hypnosis, um, you know, by being being who you are and, and, and being successful with your clients. So yeah. I think that's great. I mean, you got a great story there. Thank you. And it's a true story. So that's <laughs> even <a> better. <laughs> so let me ask you, uh, you have something you call a full release empowerment program that you, that yeah. you offer. What's, what's that all about? Is that yeah. a, a little bit of everything you do? Or? Mm -hmm. So, um, that up until just recently was what was my only, what I would call my only, my only program. Um, so I don't do one-off sessions with people because I believe that there's usually more than one cause for a problem. And if we as a team together, hypnotist and client don't remove all the problems that are contributing or all the causes of their problem, then it's probably going to come back. So yes, direct suggestion or suggestions are powerful and they can make immediate changes. But in order to make sure that they last the test of time, we have to get to the bottom of the problem. So my full release empowerment program is heavily based on five path, but I have made changes and additions. Um, it's a combination of um, the five path hypnosis techniques, um, education, I call um, the education portion, EQM, emotional intelligence mastery. I teach them about their emotional operating system because one of my favorite quotes that I have found in my just continuing education is without free will, excuse me, without self-awareness, there is no free will. And I believe that a person has to understand themselves as well as they can. And the more we understand ourselves, the more ability we have to be in control of the programming that's going into our subconscious. So in order to do that, we have to understand our emotional operating system. So we, I do hypnosis sessions with my clients designed to get to that root cause. I teach them about their emotions. I teach them self-hypnosis, as I've already talked about. I think it's the number one most important thing that I actually do, even though it takes up probably the least amount of time. Um, and I and I and I give them a lot of other things too. You know, I have an app that they use, lots of forms and um, like thinking, journaling types of worksheets. I provide. Um, self-hypnosis music and other bonuses to them. So that's really what my full release empowerment program is. It's it's the taking a person with pretty much any problem that um, you would typically see a, um, a client for as an NGH hypnotist and, and take them through the process of removing the root cause and teach them, educating them and giving them skills so that they don't need me anymore. Well, but you're always there for them. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, really, truly, one of the keys that I believe in the most ethical operating um, way to operate a business is we don't want to create dependence. I'm trying to give them, um, without making them a certified hypnotist in the NGH, everything they could possibly need so that they won't need me again, which um, is why I 
you know, I do charge more than the average hypnotist around because I believe that the system really works. And, and I, and I have, you know, a lot of anecdotal, wonderful reviews that show that. And so I don't, I get a lot of really great referrals, but I don't get a lot of return clients because they, they are empowered to take care of themselves. Oh, and that's the whole idea is obviously you're, you're successful by, by them not having to return. And that's right. And that's a good thing. That's not a bad thing. That's so. right. Good for you. Now you're uh, you're in Idaho. I am. I'm in the Boise, Idaho area. Nice. And you in you do this. You're you're doing your practice full time. Yes, I am. Yep, I work full time. I have an office. Um, but you know, um, what's great about being a hypnotist is you can make your own schedule. So sometimes I work at home. You know, I still I have high school kids at home. I still homeschool. Um, my children. Um, actually, I only have one left. Oh, I just realized that because my middle <laughs> child just graduated. So I only have one left <laughs> at home, uh, homeschooling uh, for the next few years. Um, so I, I go back and forth. I work from home sometimes. But if I do have clients, I come into my office, even if they're online. And I do about 50% of my clients are online clients. So I service people all over the country and sometimes in other countries. Um, a lot of um, often Canada and sometimes Australia and New Zealand as well. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. Now you, um, you, you go around and speak, you uh, spoke at uh, solid gold for us in April. Yes. That was a, a good crowd. Um, and we, we appreciate the fact that you came out there. I mean, people enjoy, enjoyed seeing you uh, present. But thank you for letting me know that they enjoyed it. I did get some people, a lot of people came up to me actually and said, um, they really enjoyed it. And I've made some really great connections um, from being there. And it was wonderful. And I enjoyed it so much. So please ask me back again anytime because I loved it. Um, like I said, I have so much to talk about with hypnosis. So um, it doesn't have to just be marketing. Um, but I really enjoyed talking about marketing because it's really important. So um, yes, I do. I spoke at Solid Gold in April 2023. Um, I have been to um, the uh, IHP Five Path Symposium that we have every year and spoken there. And I do local speaking opportunities as well. Um, and then I do a lot of social media. Um, I do uh, live events and things like that. That's great. That's a that's a great way to to market yourself in general, but also meet people and. Uh, you know, find out different things. You know, I think one of the things that probably will continue to help uh, hypnosis, the profession, continue to grow and get away from any stigmas in the in the past, is talking about because yeah, people don't know, so they're usually afraid of what they don't know. You know, it's one of those deals. Exactly. Exactly. So you think I, you're a mom? We need all the the insights of the other side of you being. What do you like to do other than hypnosis? There must be something in, yeah, all listeners of, of our podcast like to know that that our hypnotists are real people and well, obviously right. have kids, you said, so. Um, I like, I put in my bio that the only thing I like more than hypnosis is science fiction and fantasy movies. So I'm a big um, Trekkie. Um, when I got married, when I, my husband and I got married many years ago, 20 five years ago. Um, our first Christmas tree was a diorama of Star Trek and Star Wars. <laughs> they were warring together. The wow. So yes, I've been um, a science fiction and fantasy um, nerdlet since I was little and I'm proud of it. 
And um, so I, um, I, I love that kind of thing. I love, um, what else do I love? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm very musical. I was actually a music major in college. So I was going to be a teacher for a while until I had decided to have kids instead. So um, I just, I love music. I love, I love going to live music. Um, in fact, one of my favorite local things to do is um, there's a local dueling pianos show. Oh, yeah. And um, I love it because every time it's different because everybody requests different songs and um, it's interactive and fun. So I love doing things like that. And I have, um, I convinced some of my family to come to Idaho after I moved here um, 17 years ago. So now I have family here. My, my twin sister's here and my niece and, um, and all my kids are still here. So we do a lot of family activities and we're, we're in the deserty part of Idaho, which people don't realize there's a desert in South Idaho, but we are. Boise. Wait, I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> Boise's the top of that Southwest desert. And so when I moved here, I felt, um, I felt tricked because I thought I was going to another mountainous area. I moved from Bozeman, Montana, which is just oh, in the wow. heart of the Rockies, um, right next to West Yellowstone, uh, National Park. And so I was used to elk walking across the lawn and uh, I moved to the desert and I got here and I thought, what the heck? There's, there's, it's desert here, but just North of us is the Rockies. Um, so we like to go, um, we like to go to the lake and go, to, go hiking and do things like that. But my, my biggest priority is, uh, I like to, I like to enjoy myself, um, and spend time with my family. Um, so yeah, that's great. That's great. Actually, you just gave me some insight in your your state that I had no idea. Or right? I probably, of course, I could have looked it up, but that's no fun. It's it's better to talk to people and and hear the insights <laughs> of what they like. Wait, I got to ask one side question: What kind of music do you like? Oh, I love everything. That's what that's me, right? So I do listen to some rap. I listen to uh, one of my, you know, I love country. Um, I love <clears throat> I love singer songwriter music. Um, so I love almost, I love all decades. Um, I am just, I'm a musical person. I've always got a tune going in my head. I'm always singing something, always tapping something. It's just part of the way my brain works. Um, I think that creative part of my brain is why, um, I feel like I really love doing hypnosis with people because when you, um, when you're playing music, you are kind of in a hypnotic state. You're in the zone. You're in that flow state. Um, and and I think being a hypnotist, working with somebody, n not with a script, but really just trying to meet their needs um, in that moment um, is very similar to playing music, actually. it's it's You're using a very similar part of your nope. brain. Um, it's, it's creative and it's in the moment. And so, I don't know. I think maybe there's a connection there in my brain. No, I, I I believe you're right. I mean, there's a lot of hypnotists that I've met over the years, and there's usually a musical side to them. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that that's that's got something to it. So, yeah, I think there is. <laughs> well, you can let's see. We've got a couple of uh, members who are at at the convention coming up in August. They they seem to get together and start playing music in the hallway and in the lounge. <laughs> I won't be playing music. I might sing though. I might say, oh, I'll call them and tell them that you, you're, yes, you're, you're yes. Be interested I have, you know what, here's one fun, interesting fact about me. I've decided that for my next big, you know, my next big birthday, one of those big ones, like a round number or a five number, I am going to hire a local band and just be the 
the lead singer for a band, like a concert for my birthday. That'll be my birthday. I'm going to run a band and I'll do all (laughs) sorts of songs and I'll just rock and roll it up. That's my secret dream right now. So because you're, it's your birthday, you'd be the star. That's right. That's right. That's fair. That's, that's really fair. So now I got to bring you back into hypnosis here. Okay. The talk anyways. Um, you're going to be presenting at this year's convention and um, you're doing two classes. Right. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what you're going to be doing? Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, I'll start with my gritty presentation. I, I, um, it's called getting dangerously gritty and dangerously confident. Dangerously gritty is a phrase that kind of came out of my work on um, social media. I, I did a, a video on TikTok about a year ago, and I said, "You want to be dangerously confident, like for women especially, the kind of confident that um, keeps people from trying to stop you uh, from getting in your way." Uh, I said, you need to come work with me, right? Um, so being gritty and tough and resilient um, and getting that mental toughness has just been kind of like what I said in in my origin story, you know, I, it's just been something I've naturally been doing and I've been really gravitating towards it and, and studying performance and grittiness and resilience in all areas of life for all different kinds of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this presentation is just the outpouring of, 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 of that. Um, I am really passionate. Um, it it really comes from my heart, like how I went from feeling fragile and easily injured to being the probably slightly annoying, almost too confident kind of person I feel like I am right now. Um, and so I, I, I love to talk and educate people on how to, what, why is being resilient and and gritty so important? Um, What is, why, why would you want that? And um, how to do it so that, um, so it's for the hypnotist to help them for themselves. It's going to help them, but also help their clients really understand the elements that go into toughness and grittiness um, so that they can, if they want, grow it in themselves and help their clients achieve that as well. That's great. You, you you are very confident, so that's good. Thank you. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people would love that to to be able to become more confident. You know, I think it's a. I actually think for the average client, they don't think that that's what they need, but I think they actually do need that. I think most people spend their lives kind of trapped in a little bit of a cage of fear, even if that's not what they came to me for. Um, they might have come to me to stop a bad habit, right? Or even for like what they call generalized anxiety. We don't work on the anxiety, obviously. We work on the underlying things that contribute to their feelings. But, you know, if a person comes to me and says, yeah, I'm just, I'm just nervous all the time, um, they, they might just be thinking, I want to be safe. I want to be secure. But I actually think the opposite of fear isn't safe and secure. It's dangerously confident, dangerously gritty, because if we don't have that kind of confidence in ourselves that allows us to put ourselves out there, try new things, move forward in life, then we're still stuck in a, in a box, even if we've stopped our bad habit. So that's why grittiness and mental toughness is so important because 
as a human, I think all humans need the ability to stand in front of a crowd and not care what they think uh, and not really be, you know, be yourself, dress the way you want, you, you know, um, listen to the music that you want, front a band if you want, um, <laughs> you know, start a new endeavor, a venture if you want, without fearing the judgment or the criticism of others that's unhelpful and unwarranted. And a lot of people may want to stop a bad habit and aren't thinking that that's what they really need, but they really do. So I think all people really need this. They need to be gritty. I think it probably helps in everyday life and, and everything you do. If you have yeah. that, that side of you that can progress you and help you in, in, in different ways. Yeah. You also have the second, uh, second class you're doing. Yes, I am teaching a class called ADHD Bootcamp. And that comes from, again, my personal journey as a very late diagnosed ADHD um, adult woman. Um, when um, Even when I was a hypnotist like three years ago, um, my identical twin sister, so I, there's another one of me out there, um, she said, oh yeah, I was diagnosed with ADHD. And I said, no, that's just <sighs> Tiffany. That's not real, right? Even then. And then uh, life events happen. And through those life events, I realized, oh my goodness, I have raging ADHD. Once I actually learned what it was, and then I decided, well, I've got to be the, layest, the lay expert um, on this in my family, in my area. Because once I saw what adult ADHD looked like, I realized I saw it everywhere. And it was all undiagnosed right now. I don't diagnose people. Um, but when I see those kinds of problems that people commit, they, a lot of people that would come to see me to work on a problem or work on their fears and insecurities, guess what? They also, I could tell they had ADHD. Um, so even if they didn't know it. So my perspective is this, when we have ADHD is a neurological developmental disorder that does need to be diagnosed by an expert. So um, part of my presentation is learning what it looks like. And um, if you suspect you have it, going to a qualified person to make sure you get diagnosed. Um, but even if a person or even if a client comes to you and they have these symptoms and you might be thinking, yeah, you, you'll still know what to do. You don't have to say, I think you have ADHD. Um, but if you see it, um, you can still work with it. So there's no fixing ADHD with hypnosis. It's a neurological thing. Um, um, with no disrespect to anyone in the disability community, a great metaphor for understanding what ADHD is like is thinking of people with it as being shorter, right? So they're, they're a short person in a big world. And many people are walking through the world not understanding that they are a short person in a world that's built for tall people. So they are frustrated and they are insecure and they have low self-esteem because they can't do what other people can do or they struggle or they have to work a hundred times harder to do those things. And they don't understand that that's just a part of who they are, right? So when a person decides to get a diagnosis, for instance, and get that label put on them, I don't think it's a limiting thing. I think it's a freeing thing because what you can then do is begin to build the adaptations in your life that you need. And that's where hypnosis comes in. Hypnosis is fantastic to help a person build up um, 
will remove the excess insecurities, fears, and low self-esteem, obviously, number one, but two, help them build the skills that are that act as adaptations for their environment. So, you know, getting getting a stool so you can reach the cabinet that a tall person can naturally reach is sort of what we do in hypnosis for people. Um, so working on um, executive function, planning, execution, habit formation, um, emotional, um, emotional control, um, things like that. So hypnosis is really effective for people with ADHD. Um, and it should be something that, um, people who are struggling with it should absolutely, you can definitely use hypnosis is very powerful for it is what I'm trying to say. So yeah, that's what it's all about. And you've been successful, obviously, helping people with that. So. I definitely have, yes. In fact, one of my um, favorite clients, that was his primary complaint. Um, I'm, I get more into it in the presentation, but this young man in his mid-30s had been the valedictorian of his high school and the salutatorian of his graduating college university class and hit his mid-30s and suddenly everything fell apart. His massive intelligence suddenly couldn't keep up because there'd always been underlying ADHD. You don't get it in adulthood. You always have it. It's something that you you develop in childhood and sometimes it can go away, but most of the time it persists into adulthood. It just looks different in adulthood than it does in children. So suddenly he found himself struggling to do the things that he intellectually knew that he should be able to do and couldn't do. And he looked around um, his life and realized in a very humble way, I should be able to do the things these people are. Honestly, I have plenty of intellect to be able to accomplish these goals. Why can't I do it? And it was because suddenly he needed the skills that the ADHD causes you to be lacking in to do the things, to navigate his life, to do the job. And his intellect wasn't as important. And so that's why he was basically failing at moving forward in his, in his career, because his intellect wasn't as important anymore. And, and that had always carried him through. And so um, we worked together on um, those um, emotions that come from that kind of a situation and also on building skills. And now actually we, we, we email every once in a while because um, I was open with him that I had similar struggles and that um, I shared with him even some, you know, tools that like calendars and note-taking apps and things like that. So now we, we email each other and go, have you heard about this new app or that new <laughs> thing? Because we're both very trying to be very proactive and um, using tools um, to support our, our, our struggles. Wow. So you, you, you definitely got a lot of insight that you're going to offer folks who take your classes and that's great. I mean, that's the whole idea of, you know, these conventions and conferences and, you know, so that we do solid gold and our annual convention is it's all about learning. And, um, in, you know, when we have folks like yourself who, who have some great insight and can share your knowledge and, uh, information, I think it helps everybody become a better hypnotist. So we thank you for that. I mean, mm -hmm. those are going to be great classes. Let me ask you this. I mean, what advice would you have for somebody who's listening who may or may not be a member of the NGH and has an interest in in, in attending the NGH convention? Um, my first convention actually was the virtual convention two years ago. 
or is yeah. it three years? It was two years ago. And I loved it. I just, I wanted to go see every single um, presentation practically. And it, it is very helpful. Um, I, as a instructor um, who certifies actually um, um, other hypnotists and helps them become hypnotists, one of the things I tell my students is, don't be a cowboy hypnotist, right? Don't be out there by yourself. Um, it's lonely and you need support. Um, you, you, it's good to be around other people who are doing what you do, um, who have the same struggles as you. Um, and that's what you're going to get at the convention. Um, so don't be a cowboy hypnotist out there by yourself out on the range. Definitely come to convention because you're going to find the fellowship and the support um, that you need and the ongoing training that'll help grow you into becoming better and better um, so that you can offer more to your clients, have a better business and honestly help the profession. I think that's one of the things that I see is a lot of folks, um, you know, e even seasoned uh, hypnotists, they're there at the convention because A, you can learn from others. And even if it's something that you not necessarily can utilize in your, your own practice, at the current time, it's it's something that you can definitely look into as you as you move, uh, you know, down the road, and uh, and it's just a wealth of information that so many people get to make them a better hypnotist. That's right, and you don't know what you don't know. You might find out that you know quite a bit of what someone else is teaching, and that's okay. That helps you recognize that you're on the right track. Um, but again, you're. I, I, I know for a fact that no matter how long you've been in the profession, you're going to hear something that you've probably not heard before at the convention. And that's always valuable. Um, so you're going to find out a lot of good stuff there. Well, I mean, I used to be in emergency medical services and every, uh, every year we had to do uh, continuing education to, to make sure we were up, up to date with everything. And it makes sense. A lot of professions do that. And yeah. It's it's a good practice for people to to do that on a regular basis. Yeah, I agree. Well, I mean, I, I appreciate you taking the time to to sit with me on our podcast here and talk about everything in Idaho. The, the only yeah. thing I forgot to ask you is you're in Montana, so is there really a Yellowstone uh, ranch from the from the uh, show? <laughs> no, but they do film a lot of that in my hometown, actually, I've heard. Now, I don't live there anymore. I'm not, I don't live in Bozeman, right. but um, I think it's supposed to be really close to um, where I grew up. So, yes, I did grow up in that beautiful setting, but no, there is no real Yellowstone Ranch, but, and and we're not that dramatic in Montana, actually. <laughs> so, no. um, I haven't really watched too much of Yellowstone, but it is, be Montana's beautiful and gorgeous and wonderful. And that's why a lot of the uh, Hollywood stars live up there actually in that area where they film um, in the paradise Valley is what it's called. And it's gorgeous. So that's uh, great. I miss it a lot. <laughs> actually, I miss the beauty of Montana. It's gorgeous. See, as long as you don't visit during, you know, go back and visit during the winter, I guess it's, that's it's right. Great. No, don't do that. <laughs> I have friends out there that live there and the winter they love, but it's, it's even more crazy than New England where I live. So yeah, it is. So we can't wait to see you at this year's convention. And again, thank you for taking the time to talk with us. You're very welcome. I'm so excited to be there and see everybody. It's going to be great. And if you see me, please come up and say hi. I would love to meet you. Exchange business cards or information. I love creating new connections. So please, anybody listening, come up and say hi.
Great. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Hypnosis NGH podcast. You're welcome to share your ideas for future podcasts by emailing us, nghpodcast at ngh.net. Thank you.